Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you will find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and as always, thank you to my loyal listeners. I would not be where I am today without you. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. You can also schedule a coaching session with me. All of my info is in my bio, and I will put it in the show notes. Also, please consider donating to my podcast at www.patreon.com slash narcissistic parents. I will put all of this information in the show notes. Hey guys, as I promised, here is my wonderful supportive husband, David. Hey guys. Um, as you know, and I've said it before in the podcast, he's the one who encouraged me a year and a half ago to start this podcast in the first place. And, and I didn't know how far it would go, so I'm eternally grateful to him. And I'm trying to encourage him now that he has his own podcast that he just, he's already got two episodes out there. Um, David, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? So the podcast is called The Male Casserole, which Millie gave us the name. My friend Sean and I decided that a podcast would be a good idea considering we play Call of Duty and we have more fun just chit-chatting in the lobbies than we do actually playing the game. So most of the stuff we talk about is going into a podcast. It's mostly for Gen X men, but it's funny, I think. Maybe you will too. Um, guys, of course, I will put this in the show notes as well, so you can start listening to their podcast as well. Or not. It's up to you. No pressure. <laughs> okay. Well, I am very excited to do this, and I've actually wanted to do this for a while, and here we are actually doing it. Um, I wanted to bring him in because my husband caught on to my mom's narcissism without knowing what it was called, way before I did. And I wanted you guys to hear what a third party may pick up on, another person, and, you know, what happens to you when you hear it from them. So let's get started with that, okay? Um, so I know you didn't like my mom pretty much from the first time you met her. Um, what were the things that you picked up on? Well, I'm not sure exactly what it was. It's a lot of little things. And it's so long ago, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what they were. But I thought that she still treated Millie like a child. And I didn't like that. And I, she encouraged Millie to call her every day. And maybe encourage is the wrong word. But I know that Millie wasn't happy when she got off the phone with her mom. So I thought something was up. Okay, well, you know what? Those things are actually, even now, was eye-opening for me. Because I didn't realize just how much he saw that she was infantilizing me, treating me like like a child. Um, And she did. The way that she did that was making me feel like I wasn't strong enough to take care of myself. So I always had to go to her for everything. And he picked up on that. 
you know, right? You picked yeah, up I, on the fact that I always needed her approval for everything. Yeah, you ran a lot of stuff past her that really, as an adult, you wouldn't have to run past your mother. Well, you could always check, say, hey, mom, do you think this is a good idea? Not, hey, mom, can I do this? And I don't think she was necessarily very encouraging for a lot of those things. In fact, I believe one time she wished you that you didn't get a job that you would apply for. Yeah, I actually have talked about that in, in several podcasts where that's where her mask slipped. And it was, we were walking out of visiting my parents mm -hmm. and um, I just, in passing, told her, hey, you know that job I told you about, I didn't get it. And she goes, I'm glad you didn't get it. And I was... Like, I, I got into the car, and I was, I didn't know what to say. I was just so angry at her. Yeah, it's the exact opposite thing a supportive parent or person would say. Exactly. The good exactly. thing is, I think, that you learned exactly how not to be a parent by being her daughter. So, you broke the cycle. Right. And that's actually the number one reason that I do this. Because other people need to hear... You're not a narcissist because your mom was a narcissist. You are now the person who's going to break that cycle because it's not just your mother. It's so many people in the family that have that issue. And I know for all of you, a lot of you, you know this. You know, it's 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 a generational thing. Um, one thing that you said before that stood out to me also was um, the fact that I had to call her every day. Mm -hmm. You did. That it, it was an obligation and it wasn't, she didn't say it outright. And, and you mm -hmm. can agree that you didn't pick up anything because she said it outright. No, no, not at all. It was all feels coming from well, her. Well, no, there, there's that language barrier as well. Right, well. <laughs> yeah, the language barrier is I don't speak English too good. <laughs> I. That's really funny that you said that because when I met David through Match.com, you know, the new way of meeting people, even though it was a long time ago, um, and I... It was dial-up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. Um, but I had put them... Um, I was looking for guys who did not speak Spanish because I knew I didn't want her communicating with him. So that was actually done pretty much on purpose on my, on my end. Right, and I still picked up on her nonverbal cues. Right, right. Yeah, she's... She's not a cool person, let's put it this way. I know this is a, a podcast where we don't use profanity. Uh, by the way, mine, you can. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'd like to really tell you how I feel. But, you know, I don't want the police knocking on my door. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, I've had those moments myself where I'm like... Oh my God, if I did this, I'd feel so good. And then I'm like, no, I'd be in jail forever, so I can't do it. I'll tell the story, and this can get cut. I always say <laughs> that if this was the Old West, I would have rode out to your parents' house on my horse, knocked the crap out of your dad with my axe handle, rode back to my house, waited for the sheriff to show up and say, Hey, David, don't do that again. I'll see you at church next Sunday. You got it, sheriff. That's how it should have been. Back in the olden days, or how it was in the olden days, now you can't do that. But trust me, I'm sure everyone listening has wanted to do something like that to their narcissistic abuser. Yeah, we all fantasize about how to get even with them, which honestly, there's just no way except to No not contact talk. Yeah. is the best. <laughs> Look, 
I am no expert, but at the same time, I've learned a lot through osmosis. So what's important here is that, um, yeah, you can't do anything. It's like they say when you're a little, when you're in high school and maybe you weren't the most popular kid or the richest kid or anything like that. But they say at the at the reunion, success is the best revenge. Well, no contact is the best revenge. Absolutely, and it's it's not even. I and mean, she didn't tell me to say that. No, I, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Absolutely not. He's had three and a half years of me pretty much nonstop talking about narcissism. I think that's maybe why he suggested the podcast <laughs> so that I could tell someone else. Whoopsie. Besides him. Um, and you know, I still I'm do I'm twirling sometimes. my mustache right now because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I've it's, been discovered. Yeah. I mean. You're welcome. It makes sense. It makes sense that he would do that. He was my person that I, I told everything to, and um, he's been extremely supportive. Um, but I want I want to go back to some of the other things that you picked up, and, and you talked about me having to call her every day. Mm-hmm. And that's obligation, and that's one of the traits, right, that they make you feel like you have to do this. And that's what you guys get confused with, or you confuse it with guilt. Obligation is not guilt, okay? You you say you feel guilty, but what you feel is an obligation. And that's what I felt. I used to call her at least once a day, but sometimes it was two or three times a day. And um, it's all part of fog, fear, obligation, and guilt. So what other things um, did you notice? I know there's more than just that. When you used to drop Emily off at school, you'd drive over to your parents house and hang out for a couple of hours almost every day yeah and uh, your mood everything improved after you stopped talking to her yeah everything improved it's unbelievable our relationship improved immensely uh, i had more patience than and i ever she had. needs it with me <laughs> see he knows he knows i'm a um, pain in the ass <laughs> um I had more patience. Our fights were so much shorter. Um, even with my daughter, especially, I noticed that instead of getting so upset with her and needing to scream at her, that I could say, okay, I'm going to walk away and then come back and talk to her like a human. Um, so it was really a great thing. The peace that comes with going no contact is amazing but you guys know that it's not all good because then you have to cut out the family and you get the flying monkeys but that's another subject well you're it's a small price to pay sometimes for just improvement of your life yeah yeah absolutely i mean the the rule of cutting people out of your life that are toxic it doesn't matter if they're your family a friend it doesn't your boss it is a rule you need to really strive to to comply with and, and really go go for it just cut people out and you don't need to give them an explanation but again I want to bring it back to the things that you noticed besides those things that I, I, I did notice that um, it wasn't a great loss to have your family out of the picture well, yeah, I and and that goes for most families. And I don't talk to 
I talk to my sister and my nephew. That's it. And it's not because anybody was a narcissist or they were just annoying people. And friends are more important than family. I know a lot of people don't believe that. Okay, so what else did you notice about my mother that you you gave you the feels and, and gave you a, a bad idea, you know, a bad feeling about my mom? Yeah, I, I don't think that I could have put my finger on it even when it was happening, but going back, you know, hindsight being 2020, you can look at a lot of things that maybe you looked at a little strangely, but it turns out it was because of the way she is. And um, she treated her granddaughter much better than she treated her daughter, which I thought was kind of weird. Not that you can't treat a granddaughter well, but maybe equally would have been nice. And uh, your father's a nervous person to start with, but <laughs> yeah, overly nervous around your mom. So one, they decided to buy a little playhouse, remember? They bought the little playhouse for Outback. Oh, yeah, the, the doll for Emily uh, to right, play right. with. The, the, that... What was she, like seven maybe? Yeah, she was like six or seven yeah. when they bought the house. And so it was a full-on wood house that came in boxes, and you asked if I would help your father put it together. And we did, and we had to make a run to Home Depot because, as anyone knows, any project that doesn't have a trip to Home Depot is not a real project. <laughs> so your father drives so slow. <laughs> it It's like... Molasses going uphill in July, uh, January. It's horrible, right? Do you remember what? <laughs> Segway later. Anyway, <laughs> so we were we had to make a run to Home Depot, and your father said, "Oh, I'll drive." And we got in his car, which is a Scion XA, a speed machine, as you're probably aware. <laughs> and suffice to say that he drove faster than a normal person would drive, and it took corners fast, and you know was late on the brakes, and not your typical, not what I usually saw when he would drive with his wife, your mother. And I think he was just like let out of the cage, you know? He felt free when she wasn't with him. And that's got to be a bad sign. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, the thing with my father, of course, I noticed it my entire life. My dad was, it's almost like, seeing a body that had no soul, um, that had no <laughs> mouth, couldn't speak. Okay, every single picture of this man, <laughs> it's the same look. You saw Zoolander, he had three looks, this man has one. Okay. Well, funny enough, in Zoolander, it's all the same look. He just doesn't... Not Magnum. Time. They're all the N same. No, Blue Steel was the one that was different. <laughs> it doesn't matter. La Tigra was cool too, but your dad has one look. Like, it's the... Holy crap, I'm being found out look. Well, there's a reason for that. There is. Know. He always looked like he was about to be found out. Like, it's open mouth, eyes dead at the camera. Yes. It's, yeah. it's worse than a mugshot. Yeah. It's really bad. It was bad. And it's every single picture. I'm not exaggerating. When I say literally, I mean it's every picture. Even when he was young, that one picture you have of him. <laughs> right? When he's wearing oh that flannel God. shirt. You know, uh... The one with my brother? Yeah. Still got that duh look on his face. Well, but he wasn't hiding anything yet. No, but he was about to. Segway <laughs> into the reason that my dad 
probably looked like holy crap, I'm going to be found out, is the fact that he did have three sons before me and had abandoned them and my mother made sure that he abandoned them and made sure that, you know, I never found out I had three brothers. And that was actually the cause of me finding out that my mom was this, there was something wrong, right? There was something really wrong that I had to accept was when one of my brothers, the one in the picture he just spoke about, uh, called me and to tell me that, hey, I'm here, I exist, and there's two more of us. And um, Maybe more. Yeah, well, I... Who said that out loud? No, I suspected... Actually, I suspect my mother may have kids, but that other kids... That's what I meant. Yeah, I'm not... I don't care. I don't want to know anymore. Yeah, here's something else. Um, So, how many times did they come to our place? Never. Maybe three, four times? Yeah, they never came here. But we were always invited over there so your mother could control everything. That is, you know, something I had never really thought Mm -hmm. about. See, this is, I love these moments, guys. This is why I do this. Because even when I talk by myself, I get these insights. But that's a perfect insight. um, That we always had to go to their house because she was in control. Yeah, she controlled where we sat. Yeah. Obviously what the meal was. And she would always put out the, um, she knew, okay, so I don't like tomatoes, right? Have you ever cut a tomato open? It doesn't look finished inside. (laughs) You finish it, maybe I'll try it. I like tomato sauce. I like tomato soup, but not tomatoes. Every time we went over there, there was tomatoes in the salad. I know that's a small thing. Oh my God, I didn't know that. You see, that's something. Oh, it's because I don't like tomatoes. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I had never realized that. I think I'd rather slide down a banister naked full of razor blades into a vat of alcohol than eat a tomato. Yeah. I don't well, like tomatoes. I, I don't like tomatoes either, but I don't dislike them as much as he does. I, I don't get sick to my stomach. I No, I, I have... It's not a, it's not a joke. I, <laughs> not to be gross or anything, but if I, if I eat a raw tomato, more is going to come out than went in. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, yeah. A lot know. of people have that aversion yeah. to tomatoes, by the way. They look, I they mean, look on the outside, well, yeah. on the outside, they look amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's always tomatoes in the salad. And so, and she knew it. She knew it. Oh, yeah. This is, now, uh, I'm going to put this in right here, where just because your narcissistic mother says something doesn't mean they're right. And actually, they might be saying it because they know they're wrong. They say it on purpose. My mother did not like David. My Which mother... is hard to do, by the way. <laughs> my father did, though. The only time that I really saw my father laugh heartily and with feeling was with David. It's the only time that my dad... My dad really liked you. I am a delight. Yeah, he really did. Um, so it's too bad that that, that had to be cut out. Yeah, because your father actually has... Some interesting stories from when he was in Cuba. Yeah. he, My dad could be another person, but because mm-hmm. of my mother Absolutely. and being an enabler, he he just, he's done. And, and He he's, got caught up in a cycle of, I don't want to say... Women. The, all the yeah. women. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He was married twice before my mother, which I didn't know about till th- four years ago. But yeah, he definitely Oh yeah, got, that's something else I picked up on too. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll t- I'll explain. <laughs> no, I, I mean just because that that's another bad sign. What? 
That he married two other women? No, that, she, you know, it was all kept a secret and she was okay with it and drew him he away from those okay other... He wasn't okay with it. She was the one behind the lying about right, it. Right, right. That's was, what I meant. It was her thing. I, mis- I misspoke. Yeah. So, my mother did not like David, okay? And she, the, the, she couldn't really find... This is what I think. She couldn't find really good things to say that were bad about David. <laughs> if she spoke better English, she could have. No, because I speak Spanish. <laughs> no, what I mean is because I'm sure my sense of humor wouldn't have. Uh, no, I, come I just, I just honestly, she couldn't find anything to say. No, I get it. I so get it. she told me one day in one breath <laughs> that he was an alcoholic because he decided not to drink wine one day at dinner. I so, rarely drink, for the record. Yeah, neither do I, by the way. So. It, Maybe, Obviously, you know, that's that's how alcoholics work. Maybe one drink a month. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, and this is the the clincher of, <laughs> of the two things. Gee, I wonder what you're gonna say. <laughs> is that he had his he had he was married before, that he had his wife chained up in his house. The reason she said that was because I hadn't been to his house, but he had good reasons um for me not going there. He had pretty much let things go in the house, and it was a mess, so he didn't invite me over there. But she, her, my mother told me that it was because his wife was chained up in there. And what she was trying to do was just plant a seed in my head of doubt, and it worked. It actually worked because I went with your friend to see your house. And what I saw was, I knew I wasn't going to see her wife there, obviously, but it was a mess, and it, you know, and I realized the reason that I didn't go there was that that was the reason. And me and him have been together, married for thirteen years, and been together for fifteen. My mother's wrong. This man is my soulmate, and it bothers me to think that she could have. Sorry. That she could have swayed me to break up with him. Because I would have lost out on the best relationship in my life. So, I'm glad she's not in my life anymore. And you guys have to think about those kind of things. Where they purposely try to point you in the wrong direction. Okay, I'm done being sappy, David. So, you go on. Anything else that you picked up on? She definitely used religion against you. Uh, yeah. And even did. I saw that. I mean, it was, you know. And she tried to encourage Emily, or he tried to encourage you to get Emily to be religious as well. When there's nothing wrong with religion, but she was using it for control, not yeah. for spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, and that's an issue that a lot of you, and I've talked about it before, too. They use religion. She would bug me and bug me and bug me about um, getting Emily into catechism classes to get to be, um, to do her communion, first Holy Communion. Guys, yes, I'm Catholic. A lot of you have talked about Catholics, and my conclusion is Catholics have just spit out narcissists. I don't... <laughs> I think, well... It's, I know. it's a generational thing. And it is. It is. There's no one religion that's better than another one. But I think m- many religions use control. Yeah. 
And narcissism yeah. is, I mean, is it right to say it is control? Narcissism? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I may not be saying that correctly, no, but no, you know what I'm is, saying. No, no, control is one of the biggest things that they, they want because, look, the bottom line is they want someone that they can get narcissistic supply from, right? They want attention, good or bad, um, and when they have that person, and that's all of you listening and me, um, they want to never let go. So they have to control them. And the ways that they do it is all of the things that you said. And those things are all covert. They're underhanded. They're mind control. Gaslighting. I mean, that's how they control us. It's to the point where we don't even see what's happening. We don't know what's happening. And you didn't, you knew, you felt it, but you didn't know it was happening either. I no. mean, not, not in a way that you could really, uh, how can I say, you can't, you couldn't tell me your mother is toxic and a narcissist, but you knew No, I would just say, I'm, I'm mad at your mother for what she's doing, and I don't know what she's doing, but I don't like it. <laughs> well, we got into a big fight. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so... For any Star Trek fans out there, <laughs> think of me as Worf. Respect is earned, not given away, and you don't drink with your enemies. Okay. So, when you were having a conversation with your mother and you got off the phone and you were, I think we were just maybe a month dating or something like that, two months. It was early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Less than six months. I know that for sure. Right? I think so. Yeah, okay. it was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's you all were, I know. You were getting to, you had gotten off the phone with your mom and you were I don't even, I don't remember what it was about. And you, I don't think you had a fight with her, but you just weren't happy. And I said uh, something along the lines of, she doesn't, you don't have to talk to her if you don't want to. And you can tell her to go F off. And you weren't ready to hear that yet. No. And so we got into quite a row about that one. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Guys, and, and that's one thing. I understand none of you that are listening are in this position because if you're listening, it's because you've accepted it. Um, but I understand that there's a point where you're not ready to hear it. And that was that, that moment. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, so early on in my relationship with him. And I just wasn't ready to hear it. I couldn't... I. I I was upset. I got into a fight with him. How could you say that about my mother? You know, and then... It was pretty easy, actually. Fast forward... For me to say it. (laughs) Fast forward, like, 15 years, and... No, actually, it was four years. So, fast forward 10, 11 years, and I get a phone call from a strange man telling me he's my brother, and there's two more. I already talked about it, and... You know, I... That day, my life changed forever and if you want to listen to the whole story there's a podcast called the day my life changed um listen to it because it's an interesting story um and i i just wasn't ready when you said that Mm -hmm. but at this point i had to accept the fact that something was not right with my mother um and i knew it was my mother and people don't get that even though my dad was the one who had the kids that my mother was the one who was behind the lying about it, the hiding it. She wanted my dad and me to be the family and no one else to be a part of it. 
So it was it was all her. I mean, we moved from where I was born in Brooklyn to Queens when I was a few months old. I mean, that's what I've been told. So again, that's what I know, but it might not be the whole truth. But back in the 70s, yes, I'm that old. <laughs> back in the 70s, you moved from one city to the next. They had cities back then? They had cities. Boroughs, actually. It was all <laughs> New York City, but boroughs. We moved from one borough to the next, and that was it because there was no um, there was no Google. <laughs> you know? There was no little man in the computer to tell us everything. No Google box? No Google box. No no Google. So Yeah, you could literally hide by moving a few miles away from people. You could. And and that's what that's what my mother did. So I knew that it was my mother. And then slowly and over the years I've had to accept my dad's responsibility because just because she said so doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah. Know? And for the record, um, Millie's parents are not technically savvy at all. <laughs> Thank I mean, God. It's it's like Flintstones over there. Like, it, it's crazy. Anyway, um, they really thought... Now, we've had this, this discussion before, and I don't know if we agree on this or not, of why they thought they could keep it a secret for so long when you can just find things out so easy now. I really don't think they understand how easy it is to find things. And because she had, she thought she had you around her finger, that you'd never look. Well, I, I couldn't look for something I didn't know existed. Right, but you suspected it and you came out and asked her directly. Oh my directly. God, that's crazy. You directly asked her if you had siblings and she said no to your face. Guys, I'm not psychic. I'm not crazy. She might be. No, I'm not. A little crazy. Well, yeah. Crazy, yes. Psychic, But we're all no. crazy. Let's... What no. happened was, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, just there were holes in my dad's past, <laughs> and I started to... Like, there were years of time that I didn't know where my dad was or what he like, was doing or... Like Grand Canyon-sized holes. Yeah. And... So I started asking questions. In my own mind, I would have for years, I had conversations with David in the morning out in our uh, patio. We would be talking and I'd start with these, what sounded to me like crazy ideas. Like maybe my dad has a son somewhere. And so one day I just came out and asked my mom, really not believing myself that that was true. What's why would you believe that? I, no. I mean, it's crazy. I, I made it up, right? So I looked, I said to her, hey, does my dad have, like, jokingly, does my dad have a son somewhere? And her face changed. And she looked at me right in the eyes and said, are you crazy? That is the most blatant example of gaslighting I have ever seen in my life. Literally called me crazy for something that was 100% true. And she, me asking her, drove her crazy she started to blame people for telling me um blaming a the queen of the flying monkeys that i've talked about in another podcast blamed her for telling me and no one told me anything i just came up with that from just the fact that i didn't know a lot and i and it, i felt like that there was something missing or something that was being hidden from me you tend to know things that are unknowable <laughs> Which is kind of creepy. 
And that that's one of them. And it's, fu- it's funny. I can't think of any others right now, but there have been several. It's like, okay, never watch a movie with me because five minutes in, I know who did it. Right? Yeah. Don't, don't watch a movie then. Yeah. It's always an issue. It's or or issue. what was that that show we watched, The Circle? <laughs> Guys, that's not true. I don't watch any reality TV. Yeah, it's it's The Circle. It's on Netflix. It's a reality game show where people are in different apartments. Okay. It's kind of funny, but anyway, it's like yeah, it it there was a twist, right? They were changing the rules and he was able to tell like 2 minutes before it happened. I'm like how the hell did you know that was going to happen? Because, you know. Well, anything can happen in that show, and I guess anything can happen in my brain. That's the thing. I think his brain works over time. Yes, I. Well, the reason, David, that I can tell things like that is because I'm it's an mag- empath. It's magic. No, it's not magic. <laughs> I'm an empath. I feel every little thing in a room mm-hmm. full of people I know. The, the vibe of the room. I can talk to someone and every little movement they make, I pick up on it. And that's all of you, too. I know you guys are all empaths. Yeah, I don't... I can't feel a room. A room is a room to me. But a person... I know immediately if I like that person or not. And I may not be able to put my finger on it. But down the road, I'll be proven right. That's also being empathic, right? It's his gut telling him, huh? Watch out for that person. And we all have that mechanism. We yeah. just have to listen to it again because we've been taught to not listen to it, to go against our gut feeling. But yeah, it's... it's well, I listen to it more now than I ever did because of you. Well, I'm glad at least something, you got something out of all this big, giant mess that my life became. I got um, a better version of you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And, and everyone I agree. did. I agree that I'm a completely different version of myself even though for years things got worse right Mm -hmm. things i felt depressed and you guys have heard those podcasts where i'm just on there going look i'm letting you know that i'm not feeling good today um you guys are my reason for doing this for going on for because i feel like i'm i'm helping you guys realize you're not alone the validation is so important. But, yeah, I have my good days and my bad days, but... Don't we I, all? Yeah. I finally feel like I'm on the right track. I would um, say so. I've made a few plans that I think are the right plans because I'm not rushing into anything. And, and there's no one telling you you can't do it. Exactly. And I think... and. It's not just someone telling me. It's me believing that I couldn't do it, I think is, Well, it's it's someone pulling the strings behind you that you don't even know they're being pulled. That's the thing, guys. And I know a lot of you probably can relate to this. Yeah. Favorite Metallica album, by the way. (laughs) You know, my, my listeners are from all over the world, and I don't know how many of them can relate to some of the... The greatest, references. the greatest rock and roll band well, of all time. Some of the well, references. not Led Zeppelin, of course. Led Zeppelin. This is, is a king. good place for you to talk about Formula One because I do have the greatest sport in the world, <laughs> right? I have um, a lot of Europeans on uh, here, Australians. Ernest and... Hemingway said that there's only three sports: auto racing, boxing, and bullfighting. Everything else is just a game, and Formula One is the best. And with that, 
I'm going to end this podcast by saying I hope that you have learned that if someone else tells you or picks up on your parents or even your romantic partner's narcissism, this is a big one for you guys, listen, open your ears, keep it there in the back of your mind, even if you're not ready to accept it because other people are seeing it without their emotions being involved. And that's when you see clearly. You can't see clearly when you're in it, right? You have to get out of it. Um, any last words? Well, I would say that um, we were lucky enough to find each other when I think we were both at our lowest in our lives. I wouldn't say I was the lowest, but You're... it was one of the worst Yes. Yeah. Eras of my life was right before I met you. Everything had gone haywire. Yeah, in my, life. my life was an absolute mess and disaster. And because of that, well, I met you, and well, it changed. I feel the same way. You can make me cry right at the end of the podcast. Um, I do think we came together to heal and mm -hmm. and to grow. I think so too. And I was now I was we're not... kind of one person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. I well, uh, like we say, um, I can always pick up voices on like those cartoons of who the actor is, and Millie can look at a, a an an actor and say, "Hey, weren't they in that McDonald's commercial when they were six? Yeah, that's I, I don't know. So I have together, a for that. <laughs> together we make the perfect detective, and I see patterns, right? So he's Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> that would, that would be awesome. So. Um, closing thoughts here again you know listen to anyone who tells you something's not right and they're gonna have a different perspective on it although of course me and him agree on everything now um, eh, almost no i mean <laughs> when, when, in regards to my mother no uh, that's that's 100 percent clear yeah and he's been extremely supportive he's been there for me when I've needed it, and that's been a lot. And, you know, I've had health issues, and a lot of you have that, too. Um, I can say that everyone listening is going to be better off with Millie in their life. Oh, that's and really sweet. I know that you guys make Millie's life better. You do. You do. Okay, so please listen to his podcast, The Mail Casserole Podcast, and Mail is spelled M-A-L-E. And they're also on Instagram, and it's the underscore male, M-A-L-E underscore casserole, C-A-S-S-E-R-O-L-E. -S -S -E. Yeah, and uh, we post uh, funny memes, um, maybe not always the uh, in the best taste, but <laughs> it goes along with our content. Yes, it does. It, you guys will all love it, believe me. Um, if you like Star Wars, if you like time travel talking about all those things, weird stuff, things that you might get some insight into how a man in your life thinks. Yeah, absolutely. Or doesn't think. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll post all that in the show notes. And guys, I love you. I hope you're having a great day. And until next time.